They say, you say that the first 15 minutes of capture, hostages taken by uh, one of these demented people, the 15 minutes, first 15 minutes are crucial. It's crucial. How in, so? In every, in every kind of a capture, because that's where the fight or flight is going to take part, uh, if there's a confrontation, in other words. And basically, I think uh, when hostages are taken, they're looking for a confrontation, usually, unless it's a, a criminal who's trying to get away. But uh, if you take somebody who's the, the loser, or the loner and loser, or the uh, inadequate personality, or the terrorists, basically they're looking for a confrontation right. for the theater. And it's that first 15 minutes that if you do something that they're unable to handle, they may accidentally shoot. Looking somebody. for confront, they, they want to kill somebody? No, no, no. They want the confrontation between the authorities <laughs> and them. You know, it's so rare that I, uh, that I agree with a police officer that I have to grab that opportunity. <laughs> it's too but bad that you don't <laughs> take more opportunities. Right. <laughs> the lieutenant is absolutely right. And just because it is usually the intention of the terrorists to uh, provoke a confrontation, it must be our tendency to defuse the situation and, uh, and introduce negotiations at the earliest possible moment and probably in the first 15 minutes. No, I have to disagree with you there. Oh, well, I the knew first it was 15 coming. minutes, you have to let that defusing and let them come down off so they sure. get out of that fight or flight right, situation. Right, that's what I mean. But, and then uh, and, I think there's no rush no, to no, start negotiations. There's a rush to contain and then after it comes there down, is, then ease into it. There is a rush to... I was going to say, I wonder if I can break up this confrontation here that I see is developing. Um, one of the things that always bothers me, quite frankly, is the tremendous tendency to generalize. I think this is one of the most dangerous things that we do. People tend to get hung up on definition, which I think is exceedingly dangerous. People tend to be looking for stereotypes. I think this is particularly one of the problems that one faces, uh, as you know, Frank, in uh, training police. The police are looking for a five-line solution. You've got to give it to them in short points where on, uh, on the spot, in a crisis situation, they can see what they must do with a fair degree of accuracy. But I think one of the problems that one faces when one is dealing with this in a more academic situation where you're trying to look for responses which are of a useful character um, is to look very, very much more exactingly at the data that we have. And one thing that does disturb me is the tendency that we have now to make very uh, facile generalizations about different hostage situations, different types of... Well, uh, we've, we've got to build up a, a, a defense. We have to build up a police answer to these increasing number of uh, desperation cases. I think that is very important. But what I would suggest here is that we may be building trouble for the future by giving wrong instruction on the basis of uh, insufficient study of the phenomenon. I don't think you can tell a hostage what he has to do. Uh, we, we have a, a set of guidelines that we, we, we when, host when people say, what should you do if you're going to be taken hostage? I think the first 15 minutes, as Mr. Simon said before, is going to be an automatic response. It's going to be something that you will not have any control of, but then thereafter. We, we try to give you ideas and some things, well, cooperation and so our forth. Our experience was pretty close to what you're saying in that the terrorists themselves were psyched up when they came in to the building and began shooting and hacking their way floor by floor.
I'm talking about an eight-floor building, and uh, it was 15 or 20 minutes before they came to my floor, and I wasn't aware of what was happening. I knew there was a gunman in the building. I had gotten a call from downstairs. What it was all about, I had no idea. But apparently, once they collected us and got us together, then they themselves sort of calmed down and got to their purpose. And while there was, uh, there was physical abuse uh, to a certain degree, and of course there was a lot of terrorizing of us, the, the mental abuse and the anti-Semitism, so on, was vicious, there were also civil acts which led us to believe in our terror, in our shock, after a while, that there has to be some reasoning behind all this, although it was never explained to us. Was the abuse, uh, uh, well, you dirty Jew, uh, you're well, responsible for not, our having no homeland? Uh, uh, what, 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 no, it was, uh, it was a very esoteric uh, uh, thing that, well, one example was uh, uh, he, he dismissed roots, for example, and then accused Jews of being the captains of the slave ships. He was out after Cassius Clay to use the, the phrase he used rather than Muhammad Ali. What had the Jews done to this uh, special how, black group? How we got caught, in the Jews got caught in the middle, I don't know. Well, what did they say that, to you? Uh, you, we, caused, you brought we, the slaves. We, Yahudi, that was one example. Uh, we're all the classical uh, uh, anti-Semitic uh, statements. He dug up the prodigals of the elders of Zion and junk like that. But uh, in, 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 in his anti-Semitism, everyone in the room was a Yehudi, including the 40% of us who were non-Jews, the one-third of the group who were blacks. And he dismissed us all. You're all Jews. That's and right. Physical we abuse, concerned. was that what, gun butts? Uh, yes, but mo gun butts, of course, they Punches. were shooting and stabbing. And, uh, they were, but this was, most of this was coming up uh, the stairs again in, in their rounding up of hostages. But uh, I say, once they settled down, and, and you're right uh, in, in that sense from, the, from what I later learned, and I thought that the, uh, the Washington Metropolitan Police did an absolutely magnificent job in handling uh, the situation, well, waiting it out. Certainly, uh, the, everybody would agree to the statement that uh, every terrorist act is different and we should guard ourselves against stereotypes, particularly those that are misleading. But uh, again, uh, all generalizations are wrong, including the generalization that every act is different, because there are certain general principles that can and in fact ought to be developed, not only to, uh, to develop a proper police response, but to develop a proper community response. Because there's more involved, I mean, the, the police is just our vanguard that has a crucial role, admittedly so. And I'm not arguing that the shrink should do the job of the cops. But we all have a place in that kind of thing, uh, I believe. Now, uh, this question comes to mind. Uh, should the, cap the captive, should the hostage act differently in a political uh, situation? You had the PLO to contend with. You had a, a, a special uh, black uh, anti-Muslim group. Those are political groups well, versus uh, the individual being held up by the demented uh, guy asking for $10 million in gold and Patty Hearst's release. I don't think there's a basic difference. There is no one thing, though, I, I that we learned, and I'll, and I'll just take one second. We, we decided and we talked about it, is that the, the, the people that were hijacking us were very nervous. So that it took everybody some time before you became a 
accustomed to one another and had a feel for the situation. And they were just as eager to kill us in the beginning as we didn't want to be killed. Or, and you have to think, here's a big plane, and there are 250 people. So I, you have to be very careful. I think if they were eager to kill you, it would have been like Lone Airport. You'd have been dead. Because basically right. when they're taking right. you hostage, but you, you are ahead of the hostage. game. Well, of course. <laughs> but hopefully, and that's as, as uh, Dr. Cooper was saying, hopefully uh, you, you cannot totally generalize. But basically, if we were going to go out there and you had the kinds of people that wanted to kill you, we'd be out there investigating a homicide, right. as opposed So, therefore, it, it behooves you to act as calmly right. as possible. Right. Of course, it's going to be the shock. But after that initial shock wears off, you should try to remain calm and follow instructions. Absolutely. Well, to the to letter. letter. <laughs> if I could cut in, I think what Tony was saying, there has to be parameters, but they should be very loose and very general. We had a case where fellow came in and, uh, and you know, he had the guns, he had knives, he had everything. And everybody wants to live. That's the main thing when you're a hostage. Everybody that's a hostage wants to live. So I think we're going to react the same way to try to do the best to preserve life. In my instance, we had a case that, again, as you say, you can't generalize. We had two of our customers, or you later found out, were high on marijuana. They acted irrationally. Uh, one of the hostage, one of the uh, customers' hostages, jumped the hold up man while he was pointing the gun at him like that. It made no sense. I was handcuffed on the floor. I couldn't help him. Was he shot? Fortunately not. Fortunately not. The fellow cat, Ray Olson, used tremendous restraint. That gave me hope. He could have shot him, and he didn't. And in fact, he was so unnerved by these two people who acted irrationally that he took the handcuffs off me and my assistant manager, put it on them, and told them to get out of the building. Now, there's one it. man in a bank with how many hostages? Ten. Ten. You couldn't jump. Can one man... One man with one gun can hold back 200 right. people. Because that gun looks like a cannon. You, you never recommend, it. you experts, no, to, uh, to jump? No. Not, not if you're a hostage. Brave hostages are dead hostages. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, therefore, they, they, you know, but, but I want to disagree with some other thing. You know, at least once the hostage situation is established, the terrorists and the community have one common interest, and that is to keep the hostages alive, because they are through too if they are dead. You know, as long as they are alive, they have a negotiating tool, a blackmail tool, if you want to call it that way. You know, but therefore, they are not primarily interested in killing the hostages. They will not mind doing so if they have to, but primarily, they are not out to murder, they are out to trade. And that is what has to be understood, that unfortunately and unhappily the victims are really totally helpless in that situation, and therefore uh, as they should behave according to the role that has been assigned to them by the terrorists, namely to be quiet and let the lieutenant and uh, other such people on the outside do their jobs, because they can't do very much. And they have, and we have to exploit that common interest that we have for a while, as also Mr. Hurst expressed it one time rather naively, but he's right. We, the, he said, I and the SLA have two things in common. We both want the Patty alive. You know, because if she's not alive anymore, believed to be that in the early phases of that, you know, they're, 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 nobody's going to give in to their demands. I think the New York Police Department's only real policy is that the life of the hostage is the most important thing. Anything, uh, anything else Wonderful. can be replaced. You can replace wish, property, you can replace uh, I wish that would be the oath of every policeman in the, in the country, th that this is the first duty. Well, well but the Israeli uh, philosophy is don't do business with terrorists. I mean, rush them 
uh, get them. Get, and you, you lose some life. Israeli, but it, you will discourage terrorism. Well, that's a wartime philosophy. And you know, uh, as, as this lady correctly said, you know, I had certainly it would be presumptuous for anybody to criticize Entebbe uh, or anything in it. What I criticize, however, very strongly is the gloating over Entebbe and the, the, the mass media exploitation of that. And that is doing a great, great deal of damage, I'm sure, because nothing is worse than to humiliate, particularly if you then have no, you know, Idi Amin is still there. And uh, it's doubtful whether uh, his uh, desires to retaliate are not stimulated by constantly making him appear like a fool. And, you know, in general, again, for forgetting about Entebbe right now, I'm not dealing specifically with that, the Israeli policy, which has been, after all, a determined policy for many, many years, has led to a tremendous rise in terrorism every place. It's, the, it's a mushrooming growth industry terrorism is, and has even led to a lot of terroristic acts within Israel. But I think now, Israel has uh, a, a military and, and a civil police have which a military are posture. both the same, but their, their attitude toward a civil kind of hostage situation is not too different right. from ours. Right. Uh, in other words, they will negotiate on a civil kind of... of if someone held up a bank right. or someone was uh, robbing a... They are in a war a posture. They consider themselves in a, in a, in a uh, national defense posture. Right. And I think that's why they, they operate that particular manner. Hold it right here. We have to pause again.